You take instruction well. <laughs> okay, we have a, ready to go now. So, for our next split sermon, Mr. Barnabas Grayson, and it's going to be entitled Psalm 100. Good afternoon, everyone. Sorry for the delay, but I keep losing things off of this microphone. It comes apart on me for some reason. All due to my fault, of course. I guess we're good to go, Rick, right? All right, good. In the book of Psalms, chapter 100, verses 1 through 5, it says, To make a joyful Noise unto the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Now we know that these verses tell us right away that we are to come before him with an attitude of gladness in our service to him and make a joyful sound of singing. You know, sometimes you think of noise as just like a racket or something that might be disturbing to us. What it means is to make a joyful sound. Yet there are times when we just don't feel like singing. We may not be in the mood for one reason or another, and we may, may not sing with the right attitude or the right mindset, because in our human experience, there are times when we might have some heavy trial or concern or worry uh, that's on our mind that just uh, keeps holding us back to really uh, get into a song. Now, when we come before the eternal with singing, we do so with as good of attitude as we possibly can muster up. And we do this when we come together in church. We begin, we begin with singing. We know that music is a universal language. It's a language of the heart. It expresses the emotions of you know, our human experience whether we feel sadness or joy or happiness. There, there are just a lot of things that music does for us. But if nothing else, it's what will help us to acknowledge our Father, to acknowledge God, to acknowledge Jesus Christ in our life and our Creator who has given us life. In verse 3 it says, Know you that the Lord, He is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So each one of us, we glean from this that we have a special relationship with the Father. We have his Holy Spirit that makes us his children. And as such, we can trust in his love and in his help. A few days ago, we know that the nation celebrated the 4th of July. There were concerts, and there were uh, fireworks, there was orchestras, there was singing, there was flag waving. Just a crowd of people all across the land who were praising the virtues of our nation, of our nation and also making a joyful noise. And on this Sabbath day, that's, that's what we do. We come and make a joyful sound as do others in you know, various churches throughout the land who stand and give praise to God in song. There's 
a lot we can be thankful for. Verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. So when we take a good look at ourselves, in spite of whatever adversities that we might have, that we might bring uh, to services, uh, the strains and stresses of life, if we stop and like the song says, just count your blessings. You know, name them one by one. Don't start looking at what is uh, worrying you or what trial you have, but count your blessings because that will that will help us to realize the following in verse 5. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. So within these few verses of Psalm 100, there are statements that can lead us to deeper gleanings for our instruction and understanding. For example, in verse 5, we see that his truth endures to all generations. We know that God cannot lie. What he promises, he will do. He is who he is, and he changes not. And in him, we can depend on a lot of things, on a lot of blessings, a lot of promises. Not everything will go our way or the way we want it. But we know that his truth and that he is forever. Today, we know that a lot of music fills the airwaves, all kinds of sounds, all kinds of styles, voices, instruments, and while some music has appealed to us, there are some that, uh, that do not. It depends on personal taste. It's the same for secular music as it is for uh, religious ones or the gospel songs that we, that we sing. Certain songs are appreciated more than others. In our uh, repertoire of, of songs, uh, we have some old Protestant uh, standards that have stood the test of time. We have songs from the uh, hymnal, the Church of God's Seventh Day. We have some old CGI songs that were based on the songs of, of the Worldwide Church of God. And we have contemporary Christian songs that we have from the Blue Binder. But like uh, secular songs, played on the radio, musical tastes change. Sounds and styles change. The old fades away and the new takes hold. Some are good, some are not, and there are dislikes and likes. I would like to read a commentary, and it's about church music being a blessing or a burden. He says, maybe I shouldn't be so critical of contemporary church music. After all, even Johann Sebastian Bach was reprimanded by his pastor for uh, his modern music. Not because his music was bad, but because it was too modern for the taste of his congregation. But he was not the only church musician of his day that was uh, not uh, appreciated. But those works we have left of classical church music are the survivors, music that has lasted because it is truly great. And this is a, a long commentary. I'm not going to read all of it there. I'm just reading uh, some excerpts. And he says that there is no definite standard of church music. It is plain from nature that God delights in uh, diversity, 
There's great music in all the idioms, classical, traditional, gospel, folk, even contemporary. Contemporary church music, however, is, is, at a, is at the greatest disadvantage because it has not yet gone through the winnowing of time. Uh, and to say that they don't write them like they used to, but there were just as many bad hymns a hundred years ago as there are today. So for some, you know, church music can be good. Some church music can be a blessing, and sometimes it isn't. But it all depends on the, uh, the attitude, what you appreciate. It depends on what we grew up with. There are some sounds that have more appeal or what is, happens to be popular for that particular time. Now, when I'm in the mood for a certain song or a certain uh, sound or a style, for example, like country, you know, I think about the various country artists. Some of them, you know, have very secular songs, and some of them may uh, have gospel uh, sounds to them. A lot of uh, country singers are like that. And there may be folk songs, or there may be rock songs, or big band, or religious and I can usually find one or more of those sounds in my collection of, of CDs and, and uh, tapes. I used to have a few of those, uh, those uh, eight-track cartridges. Some of you may remember those. And like if you peek in my closet, you're going to see uh, rows and rows of various titles and songs and things of that. I have about, just like for hymns, for example, uh, I have about 15 uh, CDs, and on those are, you know, dozens of, of hymns, and, and some are just music. But from third grade on, I was listening to songs on the radio. And when I was able to afford it, I got, you know, these 45 RPMs. You know what 45 RPMs are, you? And I had a small record player. And then there were the 33, on the 45s, you know, you only had one song, usually on one side, one song on the other, and then they made, started making two on each side. And then uh, we had the 33 and a third RPM, and there were a lot of songs on both sides. So the music increased, and, and that was uh, really bef uh, after the 78 records. You remember the 78 records? <laughs> you guys with the gray-haired like me, you know, you remember some of these things. But those records, uh, uh, you know, they, they broke easy because they, they were just very fragile, but the vinyls held, held their uh, condition for a long time. But, you know, we have these devices now that, you know, just as small as uh, your thumb, your, your palm of your hand can play thousands of songs, be downloaded. So music is something that we most of us listening to. We have our personal taste in those things. In ancient Israel, there was, of course, music, as in many societies of our, of our time today. And as in olden days, there were neighborhoods that uh, someone could be singing or someone playing music or the sound of instruments. So from the time of those traveling troubadours, you know, who, who put their poems sang their poems, chanted, and so on. Music has come a long way from, you know, it being performed on street corners to uh, concert halls uh, where you have all these visuals, these dynamics that are going on to just make 
music a part of the feeling that you get from the words that you might hear. And then you have these flashes of light, these laser lights, and, and, and sometimes these explosions of fire that go on behind you. So maybe someday uh, we might be doing that, you know, that you never know. <laughs> but we know people do pay top dollar to hear the sound from various vocal entertainers, choral groups, and, and bands. So in our order of things, we begin services with singing, as do many other church groups. And in a way, it's like beginning services with prayer, because in the words of songs, you know, you, you hear petitions. You hear uh, uh, things that uh, you ask God about, and you also, you know, as well as the praise that we give in these songs. So songs are best in a prayerful attitude. And the meaning can be understood if we listen to the words. And sometimes when we not have the patience to listen to the words, you know, sometimes we just don't feel like singing. But music and voice can remind us of days gone by. They bring back feelings. And these feelings can inspire the present and they can inspire the future. Music is older than man. And the Bible gives us a look back to times when music played a part in important events. So today, after so long an introduction, we're going to look at three important, what I would say, called musicals in the Bible. The music at creation, the music at the incarnation or the embodiment of the Son of God in human flesh, and the new song of salvation, all to the praise of God. The name Psalms comes from a Greek psalmos, which means a song, and also a Greek expression that means to pluck at strings, which indicates the uh, instrument uh, used to accompany a song or a chant. Sometimes the book of Psalms is called the Psalter. The book of Psalms was the uh, hymn book and prayer book of, of uh, ancient Israel. It is still our prayer book also. We know that the Psalms provide us with comfort. It provides us with solace, uh, understanding and wisdom in times of trouble to us individually and collectively. And so music has a, has a big part in our life. In the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 16, verse seven, uh, 17 through 18, uh, I'm going to start with verse 14, even though it's not on the wall there, but the spirit of the Lord, it said, departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servants said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubles thee. Let our Lord now command your servants, which are before you, to seek out a man who is a cunning player on a harp. And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon you that he shall play with his hand and you shall be well. And Saul said unto his servants, Provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. Then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, 
that he is cunning and playing, and a mighty valiant man, and a man of war, and prudent in matters, and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. And so Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, Send me David your son, which is with the sheep. And it came to pass, when the spirit, evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took a harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil uh, spirit departed from him. So in our singing today, we receive an attitude adjustment, which is what uh, happened to Saul. There were things on his mind that was troubling him, things that, uh, uh, guilty conscience and so on. And the music uplifted him. It turned him back to the ways of God, the soothing, soothingness of the music and of the words and an attitude adjustment occurred. In James chapter 5 and in verse 13, it, it, it asks, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. You know, prayer is needful when there are times of sickness. When sickness comes, a prayer of faith is needed. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. You ever try to sing a song when you're sick? You just, you're just really not up to it. It isn't easy or even possible to do that. But if for some reason or other you feel happy, you feel joyful, you know, that's the time to sing a psalm of thanksgiving. Verse, uh, in Colossians uh, chapter verse 16 <clears throat> let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing you know that is warning or advising one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord so we see how the music has an effect on how we feel and how we look at things. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, beginning verse 14. Wherefore he saith, Awake you that sleep, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be you not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for, uh, for all things unto God, and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. We know that David was a skilled harpist, like many of you out there who are pretty skilled at playing the guitar. My guitar. But we see from the psalm that they were written by many authors over, over long periods of time. And of those 150 psalms that there are, uh, 73 are ascribed to David. 
the first 40, 41 with a few in between that have anonymous authors. Twelve, we find, were written by Asaph, twelve by the sons of Korah, two by Solomon, one by Moses, and one by Ethan. The Hebrew name of the book of Psalms is Tehillim. It means praises, since many of these psalms do praise God. And David first taught the church to sing the praises of God. And he first introduced the ritual of, of tabernacle music and song. From the 38,000-member tribe of Levi, he chose 4,000 to form a chorus to praise God with instruments that he, he made. And this group was divided into 24 bands, each with 166 members who used flutes, they used trumpets, zithers, cymbals, and harps. Now, there was a wide variety of things that they could apply this music to, purposes and occasions which prompted the writing of, of various types of psalms. Some of these psalms are national in scope, and some are just intimately personal. And some of those intimately personal psalms we sometimes have gone down on, on our knees on and just read before God because those words uh, that... Uh, we couldn't uh, express, but the song did it for us. The psalms did it for us. Some of these psalms are exalted, and some are forlorn. So there's a tremendous range of human emotion expressed in the psalms, both collectively and individually. Temple hymns, royal hymns, so on. Um, there's even imprecatory wishes that you might see in Psalms. I did not know what imprecatory meant, but it meant evil wishes in song. There are songs of aspirations, songs about struggles, deep contrition, feelings of deliverance, outpourings of prayer to God, worship, confession, inner conflicts, pleas for help and protection, and songs of thanksgiving for God's blessings. So the Psalms have something for everyone. And while we see some of the listing of the instruments used, we really don't know how they sounded, what the melody of those songs were. But some songs today retain the words as found in the book of Psalms, and they're set to music, like uh, uh, Psalm uh, 23. And some songs today are, you know, old standards. Some are contemporary. And we've also heard of Christian rock. Psalm 3 is the first one uh, to have a title. In Psalm 3, verse uh, 2, uh, we see that uh, many, there's a, there's a word that ends with some of these verses, and it's, and it's Selah. Occurs around 70 times, usually at the end of a verse. And it's presumed to mean to pause in thought and is directed to those who are chanting in, of the song. You know how it is when you come to a pause. You know, it gives you a little bit of time to think about the words or, and how the sound goes with it. But Psalm 3 is the first psalm to have a title. It's called the Psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. 
but as I said, let's look at these three events. Job 38, verse 7. Well, I'm going to begin verse 1. As, uh, then the Lord answered out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up your loins like a man, for I will demand of you and answer you me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, if you have understanding. Who has laid the measure thereof, if you know? Or who has stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Now this was the Logos, the voice of Christ, the spokesman, as John uh, 1 uh, tells us. When you think about all of those questions, you're looking about how this universe of ours, how the solar system, all the, the gravitational pulls that have an effect on each other, the light that's coming from all the stars, how were they all put together? These are fascinating things. And we see, what we see here is God's omnipotence, his great power, contrasted with the limitations of man. And he points out to Job that Man did not give the order to what he sees above his head and even on earth. That man, man is just unable to do that. But little by little, we begin to understand, science begins to understand uh, some of the ways things are put together. They theorize about things. They make discoveries. Job 38, verse 24. By what way is the light parted? which scatters the east wind upon the earth. Who has divided a water course for the overflowing of waters or a way for the lighting, lightning of thunder to cause it uh, to rain on the earth where no man is, on the wilderness where there is no man, to satisfy the desolate and waste ground and to cause the bud of the tender herb to spring forth. Has the rain a father? Or who has begotten the drops of dew, out of whose womb came the ice and the hoary frost of heaven, and who has gendered it? The waters are hid as with a stone, and the face of the deep is frozen. Can you bind the sweet influence of Pleiades or loose the, bo the bands of Orion? Can you bring forth Mazeroth in his season? Or can you guide Arcturus with, he, with uh, his sons? All of these stars mentioned, you know, they have, uh, they have a, a company, accompanying stars. All the planets, the stars that we see, they're, they're set there according to God's plan. And they are like a celestial calendar that primitive man used. And now we, have, uh, we still use the skies to uh, observe uh, the movement of time. Verse 33, uh, do you know the ordinances of heaven? Can you set the dominion thereof in the earth? Can you lift up your voice to the clouds that abundance of waters may cover you? Can you send lightning that they may go and say unto, do, say unto thee, here we are. You know, lightning, of course, is a scary and dangerous thing. 
but this was designed by God. Uh, you know, whenever we hear a sudden bolt of lightning, you know, if you're out on the back porch, like here recently, you, you hear that bolt of lightning, and you go back in to the house pretty quick, because you know how you feel like the lightning is hitting you then and there, but by the time you run, it's, uh, it's already over with. But this lightning was designed by God because, you know, we need nitrogen for our bodies. And this makes, nitrogen makes up most of our atmosphere, but we can't absorb it into our lungs. But when lightning strikes, it separates nitrogen from the atmosphere and the rain brings it down where it is uh, absorbed uh, by plants. When these microorganisms change that nitrogen from nitrate uh, nitrate into nitrite. I think it's, that's the way it is. Reggie might correct me on this. But not now. <coughs> then when we eat the plant, he's thinking, I can tell. He's, that's good. Then when we eat the plant or the animal that ate it, we receive this nitrogen. So when we see this lightning, as the song says in one song that I've heard, as the lightning walks about, we can give thanks to God that he has made all of this possible. 36 verse. Who, uh, who has put wisdom in the inward parts? And who has given understanding to the heart? You know, we've, we've got this brain that has this capacity to, to learn, to discover, and, and to apply it. Man has made many scientific discoveries achievements, and so on. Uh, you remember the first uh, uh, man in space, a Russian, Yuri Gargarin. Then came the, the uh, Apollo missions to the moon, in which you know, they had to take their own supply of oxygen, their food, their, uh, the right climate on the inside. But Adam and Eve were the first astronauts because we are all put aboard this giant spaceship called Earth with all the things that we need and you know we're revolving around uh, the Sun out in space at about 66,000 miles an hour right Reggie? <laughs> I bet he does that to his students. And man has discovered how to unlock the atom and they've done so you know in helpful ways but we also know that they have unlocked it to be destructive. At one time, it was thought that the atom could not be split. The word uh, atom comes from two Greek words, the A, which means no, and the uh, second uh, part from timo, which means no cut. Therefore, it was thought the atom could not be split. And curiosity and discovery and all the sciences of man led to the atom being split. So, when that atom was opened up, when it was split, it was discovered that there was kind of a, a miniature solar system, just like what we see above our heads. Things revolving around each other with very powerful uh, forces. So at creation, we can see why these suns of God sang with joy because 
All of these things they saw at the hand of God being produced. Luke chapter 2. Go, yeah, let's drop down to Luke chapter 2. Verse, start verse 8. And there were, this is the uh, second uh, musical that took place at, at Christ's birth. There were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were so afraid. But the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts Praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. We know how that has become part of uh, a Christmas carol, or s songs at that time of year. But this was praise. This was uh, voices of many. So, there are some scholars that say that in the land of Palestine, there were, whenever a child was born, that there were musicians who, who serenaded the newborn. And so we see at this time that the uh, angels assume this custom to announce Jesus' birth with song of praise. Today, our praise, that praise continues because God sent his son for our forgiveness and salvation. Which brings us to the third musical, the music of salvation. Luke chapter 15 Verse 7, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents. More than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. You know, there was a time in life when we turned our life around from sin unto righteousness. And we acknowledged our Lord and our Savior that we needed him, that we needed his sacrifice. And acknowledged the, the great love and mercy that he had toward us. Even today, when, you know, we overcome a particular sin in our life, there is great joy. When we might think a wrong thought or do a wrong thing and our mind says and acknowledges that that is a sin, I'm not going to do it anymore, there is joy in heaven because you, you repent from doing those things. <clears throat> Yesterday, uh, was our uh, granddaughter Agnes's first birthday, and and uh, sh she crawls a lot, and uh, she'll um, she's got to where she can pull herself up and and, and just you know kind of wobble there, and and we know she's close to that stage of just being able to stand on her own, and so uh, Carolyn had her on one side, and I had her uh, just a few uh, feet away, and um, while Carolyn held her, balanced her. Uh, she gradually let go, you know, and she found herself standing. I held my hands out like this for her to come, just just a little bit away, and uh, she realized that she was standing on her 
own. And she, you know, from her eyes, you could tell that I'm doing something I haven't ever done before. Standing on our own. And when we grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, we, and learn new things, we eventually, you know, stand on our own. And we're, and we're thankful and, and we're joyful because of that moment when something, you know, goes off in our mind and say, hey, I see the light. And it's much like that when we have joy in watching our children grow. So, so for every child, from the time that they are born, they're potential children of God. And they make... They, their way through the years and that there is a plan of salvation that is uh, coming in the kingdom where all will someday have that opportunity. Psalm 28. You know, Psalms, as, as I've been mentioning, gives us a way to praise God for all he has done for us, not just us personally, but for others when we see good things happening in their life and for his presence. Verse 6 Blessed is the Lord because he has, the, he has heard the voice of my supplications. That's a good time to praise God when we know that we have prayed for something to occur, and it has, because he, would, he has heard the voice of our supplication. It may have been a long time in coming. It may be a long time in coming from this point, but he will hear our prayers. He's heard the voice of our supplications. So the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiced, and with song will I praise him. Psalm chapter 69, verse 30. I will praise the name of God with a song, and will magnify him with thanksgiving. In the book of Revelation, chapter 14, verse 1 I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, as the voice of many waters, and as a voice of, of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And I would interject with a joke that I heard about this, but I'm, I guess I better go on. You know, just think about harping, you know. And as they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne, a new song before the throne, and before the four beasts and the elders, and no man could learn that song but the 144,000 which were redeemed from the earth. These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. They are they which follow the Lamb wherever he goes. These were redeemed from among men, being the firstfruits unto God and the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel, to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation, and kindred, and tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth, and the sea, and the fountains of waters. And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, 
is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Then over to Revelation 18, verse 21. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone, and he cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down, and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in, in thee. And no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. So we see this Babylon is an industrious, metropolitan, thriving city. Sounds of construction, music being heard all the time. Marching band, orchestras, concerts, music over the airways. All are going to end at that time. Verse 23, And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in you. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall, shall be heard no more at all in you. For your merchants were the great men of the earth. For by the sor by, but by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. So we know that this Babylon that is to come is, is going to have an influence in the destruction of, of the saints or, or the pursuing of the saints, the persecution of the saints. <clears throat> Revelation 15, verse 1, another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of uh, glass, having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are the, your ways, you King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you only are holy, for all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments are made manifest. So we see this song of Moses and the Lamb is an old song, but it will be sung anew by those who have learned it. When I first came into the so-called truth or the church, you know, I learned some new songs, but they were not really new. You know, they were based on the writings of, of, uh, of the Psalms. Having grown up in the Baptist church, I was familiar with, with those songs, some of those old standards that we still sing today. Psalm 95, verse 1, it says, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep palaces of the earth. The strength of hills is his also. The sea is his and he made it. And his hands form the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his land. Today, if you will hear his voice. So in verses 1 through uh, 5, uh, from, uh, as in verse uh, 6 uh, through 7, it calls us to acknowledge the Lord. 
as a great above, as a great God above all who are called gods. There's none other. Verses, uh, then it tells us to worship him. In verse 8, we are to worship by hearing and in song and by responding to his word. And then finally, we see at the end that uh, to know this is, and not respond is to find ourselves with no rest. Heard a song on the way over, and uh, first uh, let me uh, let me go to uh, Psalm one fifty, verses one through six. It gives us how we can. Uh, Come before God with a joyful no noise. And this is the last chapter of the book of Psalms. And it sums up the entire message on the, on the book of Psalms. It says, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. You know... Whenever you hear music, there's a kind of a tendency to want to uh, move the body. Makes you want, want, want to get up and dance. Uh, as, as I mentioned briefly, I heard a song on the way over here. And it's, uh, it, uh, it's called The Bird. That's a dance that was popular a long time ago. Anyway, the words went like this. Forget the pony and do the bird. Clap your arms. Do the shimmy. Do the twist. You know, a lot of disjointed backs back in those days when you did the twist. And the shimmy, I couldn't even begin to do that. <laughs> There's a, other dances, you know, like the, the mashed potato. And, uh, you know, you're stepping on the floor like you're mashing something and left to right. There's a lot of dance. If I had the music, I might get going here, but... <laughs> but... Uh, there's one, uh, you know, walk like an Egyptian. You know, you've probably seen that. You know, walk like an Egyptian. And uh, do the locomotion. Ken, you can do the locomotion, I know. He can do that. That's what Linda's shaking her head. Yeah, he can do that. I can't. I haven't tried it. I like to watch it. But there are all kinds of dances that we, that music moves us to. And you remember King David. He kind of he kind of pushed the envelope in his, in his dance. And, uh, but he could do that. But we must, <laughs> we've got to use wisdom. We don't want to embarrass ourselves or others. And can you imagine uh, the music getting to Lawrence and he hops up on a chair and he's <laughs> doing all sorts of dance, you know. And, and Janice or, or me up here. And our wives are back there, and they're peeking through their fingers, you know. I don't know that guy. So, there are, there's music that can move us to dance, especially when we are, find reason to be happy. Uh, praise him with stringed instruments. I mean, you know, we do that here. And organs, uh, mostly piano nowadays. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Can you imagine we get some loud cymbals in here? Crash. Closest thing we have is what Ron plays there. I can't imagine hitting those. You know. But that's the way it was. And 
Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. But let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. So this is an invitation to know God better through the Psalms, to understand his ways, and to consider our path in this world through praise. In closing, once again, in Psalm 100, make a joyful noise or joyful sound unto the Lord. All you lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing.